Well, uh, this is not my wheelhouse. I, I, I do not speak, preach, teach, none of that in this capacity. Because I know some of you say, yeah, you, you, you preach whenever you exhort. It's a whole lot different. I'm, and to be transparent with y'all, the Holy Spirit and I probably wrestled about 15 minutes before I even opened my mouth uh, in the middle of worship. Because I'm like, they got James, Blue, Jairus. They love to speak. Let them say it. I don't want to say it. <clears throat> so uh, now that we're here, the journey getting here has been, uh, it's been brutal. <laughs> uh, for those of you who preach, God bless you. Uh, I don't know that I'll be saying yes again anytime in this <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> Just because of the spiritual dynamic, um, it's been Oh, man, it's been a, a fire tunnel, and not in that kooky way. Uh, so, obviously, I'm going to speak on worship, because that's something that's near and dear to my heart. But before we get into that, I want to tell you that concerning me speaking, it was actually prophesied um, by someone in this church many, many, many months ago. We were uh, Sunday morning having uh, nine o'clock worship and after <clears throat> Shane Landers was closing the service. And so I was visiting with people in the children's ministry lobby and the, uh, Brandon said, amen. And the crowd comes through and here comes Kobe Westbrook. <laughs> and I didn't know, I didn't suspect anything. Um, and she's always radiant and just, you know, hugging and loving on people. And she always called me Sam. She's like, hey, Sam. And I was like, hey, Kobe. And she's like, come here. It's like, hey. She's like, you know, we were worshiping. Uh, the Lord gave me a word for you. And I was like, oh, good. Because that can be, he has great things in store for you or a harbinger. Like, be warned. In seven days, the Kraken will be released. Right. So I don't really enjoy when people approach me and say, the Lord gave me a word for you. I'm like, cool, pray on that. Don't tell me. <laughs> um, so, but Kobe was going to be sure that I heard that word. And so she said to me, the Lord told me that there's a reservoir in you and it is filled with his word and you're going to be preaching that. And of course I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, if it ain't in song, I won't be preaching that. Uh, and so she's so for months following, she followed up. Hey, Sam, got that word yet? I'm like, no, I'm not really looking for it, but no, I don't have it. So here we are. I got the word. So. Yeah. Well, I told the Lord, you got seven billion people on this planet. You could have picked somebody else. But he he ain't listen. Well, and I didn't want to be the next modern day Jonah either. It's like go and tell the word. Nah, then y'all looking for me or something. So tonight, <clears throat> um, in preparation for this, I've been speaking with a lot of my people on my team, uh, which is you know estrogen heavy, but. Um, and so they were excited and they were saying, man, I wish we could, we, we could hear what you're going to be talking on and giving them little nuggets. And it's like, oh, that's going to be so awesome. And so I find myself eventually like, yeah, it would be, it would be cool if everybody can hear it. And this is what the Lord said to me. They don't need to hear it. The men need to hear it. And from there, it's going to go to the ladies because the men, it is my divine order that the word starts with them. So I said, yes, sir. So here we are. So Doug asked me for a title. And I was like, I don't know, the, the word. But I, I gave, what did I say, worship matters? Because that's not what I have written here. But <laughs> it's called Warriors of Worship. Super corny, super corny. But I just needed to find this thing in case it got lost in my device. So the first question of, you know, and y'all pour nothing but grace this way because I don't, I don't do this on a regular. So try to figure out the flow and the format. Uh, so, okay, so what does it mean to worship, right? 
I think we all have a wide variety of what that means. Um, but I wanted to know, according to the word, like when it, when in reference to God, what does it mean to worship? And it means to surrender and to bow down. It describes submission to someone or to something. So uh, it reminded me of a video that I watched many years ago from Louis Giglio called That Thing You Do, Worship. Because we all worship something in our lives, even before Christ. We all worship something. One of the greatest uh, pop singers in the world ever was Michael Jackson. And I remember in the 90s uh, watching different videos they would show of him overseas and people were moved to passing out. Just the, they were just hyper emotional just at the sight of this guy. And the crowd, I mean, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of people in these foreign countries just screaming. He hadn't sang a word. He hadn't busted a move. He, he ain't busted a sweat. And they're just screaming at the sight of him. And Louis, Louis Giglos talked pointed out that it's that's a form of worship. And so we all have a form of, we worship something before Christ. And hopefully since we said yes to Jesus, it is him that we're worshiping, right? So for some of us as believers, that can be, we worship our spouse or those of us that are not married, the desire for your spouse can become a thing of worship. It could be your kids. Uh, your job, uh, money, possessions, stuff, or it can be you, your ability, you know, the gift and talents that you have uh, and, and the pride that you take in executing that, that can become a form of worship. But that is not what he is seeking from us, right? He told us when he carved out the Ten Commandments that he was a jealous God and that we, we ought to not have any others besides him. So as I kept studying that, it, I just wrote down some of my thoughts that whatever our heart, whatever we give, it's right here and I'm still trying to wing it. Whatever has our heart's full attention, we give our worship to. We bow down and surrender and submission to that. So nothing and or no one is worthy of our worship more than God. Because... We go to concerts or sporting events, and of course, we get there before the athletes. We get there before the artist takes the stage, right? We paid to see these people. And we, the moment they come out, the team takes the field, we go nuts. We explode with worship for them and honor, right? And so we start screaming, yeah, you just paid them anywhere from 50 to $300 to shout. But we come into the house of God and we suddenly find extra flavor of decorum, right? We get real quiet and we're like, well, that's not my personality. God ain't interested in your personality. He's interested in your worship. He's interested in your praise, right? So if you bear his name and as a follower, then you have a reason to shout. You have a reason to sing. We can ever take the position of walking into the house of God and, yeah, I just don't feel it. He didn't feel it. I'm sure Jesus, like, actually, he told us, if there's another way, take this cup from me, right? He didn't necessarily want to follow through with that, but he would because of obedience, and he knew the bigger plan for us, right? So... I just started diving deeper into this and it's like, okay, so if when we worship God and seek him and only him, then he gives us everything that we need. Matthew chapter six, starting at verse 25 tells us so. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than, you, than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. 
And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have little faith? Don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So I was the takeaway. When we see God first, he gives us what we need. And I paused right there and I was like, what we need. What that verse says to me is that God is going to give us everything in our lives when we seek him that we need, not necessarily that we want, what we need that is going to bring him the most glory through your life, right? So I think a lot of times we, and so y'all just pretend there's a mirror right here and I'm talking to me and you just happen to eavesdrop and if it bless you, then amen. Because this, this starts here first for me, right? So As I was reading and thinking through that, it's like, man, so because in surrender, you you bow down and just like have your way. So if he's going to give us all that we need, that means sometimes things that I want, I'm not going to get because it's not going to bring him glory. He's not withholding it because like, you know, I just don't like you today because it's Tuesday. Yeah. And you wearing a red shirt. I like you. So I'm not going to give you that. That's not the heart of God. His whole purpose is because here's why we're here, not to be husbands, not to be billionaires, not to pursue careers. We're on this earth to build the kingdom of God, to make disciples. It has no cousins attached to it. It's, It's a hard stop, full period. We are on the earth to build the kingdom of God. And if that stands true, then everything that he gives us is everything that we need. So if you don't need it, and you like, God, I really, man, I really, I sure would like to have that. God loves to bless us. Like, make no mistake about that. He absolutely loves to bless his children just because he's good. Not because you've been good. Simply because he, I read a scripture the other day that bust my head wide open. It says, do not, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And if he blesses even the wicked and the evil, how much more do you have to bless your enemies? I was like, wait, let's, back, let's run it back for a second. You out here blessing wicked people and, and evil people? That's, I guess that's why they didn't give me the job of God, because they couldn't get nothing from me, right? But he's demonstrating to us that his blessings, even falling on the earth, are not predicated on our behavior, right? It's because he's simply that good. Right. And he loves us. So <clears throat> he this is a little this is again for me. He will tend to the need if we'll tend to the deed of seeking him. Right. right? We don't have to worry about. All right, God. Now, you said you gonna give me everything that I need. I, I'm a control freak. Right. So I want to make sure that all my dots, all my eyes have dots. My T's have the little line through them. All the ducks are in line. Before I move on and God's you worrying. That's not trust. You tend to the deed. Seek first me. I'm a hand of the rest. All right, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting you. He wants our focus to be on him. Laser sharp and unequivocal. Right. So in worship. Distractions are going to come. They're not always bad distractions. They'll tell you those of us that work here, we can get real busy about doing for God. And I don't know about the rest of those guys, but sometimes I can get busy doing for God that I forget to be with God. And so he cares more about us being with him than doing for him. So do what he says. So the first point is worship is obedience. So let's go to John chapter 14. It says, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. Let's scroll on down to verse 23. Jesus answered, if anyone really loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and and we will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. One who does not really love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine 
but is the fathers who sent me. So simple takeaway. If we love God, we'll obey him. Sounds real easy. At least to me, it did. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. I mean, I love God. Cool. Obey. Then you start navigating life and all these other things start pulling at you, right? So let's look at the story of Abraham. That's a story of obedience that I don't know that I, I would have. And he'd shoot that dude and start over. Abraham wanted a son because God gave him a promise and said, you're going to be the father of many nations. So, of course, he laughed. And he's like, how are you going to do that? And I'm 100 and my wife is 90. And I could imagine God saying, you think I can't when I can? Stand by. So they gave him a son. So here comes Isaac. Isaac turns about 10, 12 years old, and God calls out to Abraham and says, uh, hey, take that boy I gave you and offer him up to me as a sacrifice. Now hit pause for a second. Think of whatever that thing is that you have been pounding the doors of heaven for, for a long time, and asking God, please, Please, man, I, I will serve you all my days. I, I will dedicate him, her, it, whatever to you. If you give me a hundred million dollars, I'm going to do ministry and I'm going to pour it into missions and all this stuff. If you give me a son, I will dedicate him to you and ensure that he serves you all the days of his life. So God gives him a son and says, sacrifice him to me. I had to wonder what was going through Abraham's mind. Now the Bible doesn't tell us, well, and then Abraham thought, man, you crazy. He, we don't know any of that. All we know is that he got up the next morning, got Isaac, two other dudes that I guess worked for him. And they went on the journey, told those guys, hang back with the donkey. And he and Isaac carried further up <clears throat> and they began to build the altar. And right at the time, he bound Isaac's hands and he began to pull the knife and he lifted it. And the, the voice of the Lord called out, Abraham, Abraham, I'm like, yeah, Lord. This is what he says. He answered, here I am. And the Lord said, do not reach out with the knife in your hand against the boy and do nothing to harm him. For now, I know that you fear God with reverence and profound respect. Since you have not withheld him from me, your only son of promise. That's in Genesis 22, verses 10 to 12. See, Abraham wanted, wanted a son so he could see the promise of God. But his obedience in worshiping the Lord had to matter more than his desire for that kid. And God wanted to test that. And so he did. And Abraham was following all the way through. But here's the benefit of obedience. It always produces provision because there was a ram in the bush. Right. So God stopped him. It's like, hey, don't, don't cut that boy. I just wanted to see if you was going to give him back to me. It's like, well, yeah, you said to bring him up here, tie him up and set him on fire and stab him and whatnot. So I was fitting to bleed this fool out. And God said, no. Because you have proven that you revere me, that you have high respect for me. So look there, there's a ram in the bush, right? So point one, obedience and worship brings provision. Point number two, um, I hope that, well, look, we all dudes up in here. If it hurts, I didn't write it. I'm going to tell it to you. Worship is reverent. Now, I have spent the last 25 years of, in leading worship, leading teams. So we get a front row seat to watch y'all come in, come to worship the Lord, dressed in your Sunday best. <clears throat> and as you mill about. And one thing I can say, again, the mirror is here. We have lost the holy fear of God in the church. Um, in modern times, worship has become a woman's thing. 
That's what the women do. And are you, I mean, we see it when we pop in and we have to serve some of these women's conferences, man, they come lit. They ain't had a word yet. There's just music and they're already shouting and dancing and like they're excited. Now, what, now let me back up and keep it 100 with y'all. At that men's conference, <laughs> I don't know what was in the water up in Forest, Forest Hill, but good God. I mean, y'all just brought some heat. I remember looking on stage at James and Jagger's like, what? I walked off that stage and thought, man, I hope y'all bring that back to church. I still hope y'all bring that back. It was freaking amazing here. A hundred plus men. I was like, where the war? Where we going? Who we, who we pulling up on? Like it started a fire in me, right? I was like, dude, a room full of dudes singing to God sounded like a war cry. That needs to be the sound in the house of God all the time. Not, we don't have to pack up and drive an hour and a half to get that feeling, right? It should be in the house every week because every one of us, remember your change. Remember what he saved you from. You, that's your reason to shout. You are no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer bound up. So in Deuteronomy 10, it says, and now Israel... What does the Lord require from you but to fear and worship the Lord your God with awe-filled reverence and profound respect? To walk, that is, to live each and every day in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your choices, your thoughts, your whole being, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold, the heavens and the highest of heavens belong to the Lord your God, the earth and all that is in it. Huh. Modern church worship is convenient and comfortable. It's not reverent. And so as I, be, as I started writing this, it started to make a lot more sense to me why God told me that they don't need to hear it. They need to hear it because his divine order is men first. We are the leaders, y'all. We women have stepped in because we've fallen back, right? They're filling in the gaps for us, but it is time for us to step up and take your post, take your position. Worship is not a woman's thing. It is very manly. It is very divine. It is very much to your king and to your savior, right? We should be showing the women how to worship, not learning from them how to worship. So rather than, what does that look like? That's a great question. I'm glad y'all asked. What does that look like? What it isn't is when the, when the voices of the saints go up, the word says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we start singing, that means it beckons the Holy Spirit near. So he comes to be with us. So when the God of the universe is in the house, we don't treat it like a commonplace thing. And I walk up and it's like, hey, dude, how you been doing? How's, how's, the, how's the business going and whatnot? while the whole church singing, right? Dude, we got to get together. Because I look, I, I, I smothered some cabbage the other day, and dude, it was fire. Yeah. But I, I, and so then we move into position. It's like, okay, God, now I'm ready. What? Ready for what? We should be waiting on him. Here's how we, we have that same honor in culture for everything other than God. When you get a court date, you're not late. They tell you be in court for nine o'clock. It starts at nine. You're going to be there at 830, right? And you're going to sit on that bench and you're going to wait for that judge because he's not there at nine o'clock. But when the bailiff walks out and says, all rise, I wish you would stay sitting. You get on your feet in honor of your honor, right? That's reverence. You don't move once court starts. You, you are in there until he calls a recess or he dismisses the trial, right? We got to have that same reverence in the house of God. 
but we don't. We think we're going to yuck it up with our homie while worship to the God of, of the universe, our King of Kings, is going on. Or, dang it, I forgot my coffee. Blue, I'm about to get you a, a whole lot of people in CR for this coffee addiction. <laughs> there ain't no shame up in here. This is safe. But hurts habit and hang-ups, coffee, see blue, right? <laughs> we, we make the presence of God such a commonplace thing that we, we don't even realize that if he's here, then the ground you're standing on is holy, right? So don't move. Your focus needs to be laser sharp on him because he's the one that you came to. We did not wake up that early just to hang out. We came to meet with the God of the universe expecting signs, miracles, and wonders, right? So again, this is not my wheelhouse, so, but I told somebody, like, I feel like preaching is riding a bike without training wheels for me, and I'm still learning how to ride a bike. But if I'm leading worship, that's a gift. So if, if I don't prepare enough, I can lean a little bit on my gifting. Now, ain't nobody's life going to be changed out there. But it, the music might still be good, but we don't wake up that early for good music. We, ca- we got here at 5 o'clock. We wake up to be here as early as we get because we're releasing faith. We're releasing, we're believing for salvation in the atmosphere, for deliverance, for repentance, for healing, for freedom. We get here that early because we take God at his word that he is going to do what he said he would do. He said, if two or more gather in my name. Okay. So in Luke chapter one, verse 50, it says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, to be worshipped in his purity, majesty, and glory. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who stand in great awe of God and fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his powerful arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. Hmm. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who who were humble. So it sounds like the access to, to reverence is humility, right? So our hearts can't house both reverence and pride. We got to pick one. And I think for far too long, we've selected pride and we just decided, but God's going to understand. He don't, he needs to stop understanding, right? Because here's the thing with worship for, for us as men, your worship releases protection your family is dependent on it, right? All you got to do is turn, I don't even know if you need to turn on the TV these days, just drive in Lafayette and just, you'll see how nuts people are, right? As a man of God, your worship is dependent on releasing protection for your family. So what are you doing when you come to the house of God? Just, I'm here. Look, I came for the word. I don't do all that singing stuff. Worship is not the appetizer to the message of God. It is all worship, right? It's not background music that just kind of fills the space so we can get to the message. Worship is a thing that we should be living because if Sunday morning turns up and that's like, oh, I finally get to worship, man, you done missed the mark. You behind. You should have been worshiping. And, and again, if you're on this earth, you have a reason to press in so that you're going through your day filled with the spirit of God. You've gotten in his presence and you just look, you may not get I, I posted this yesterday. You may not get the answers that you've been praying for, but you for sure will walk out of that moment filled with peace. Right. And sometimes that's all we need just to get through the day is his unwavering peace. Right. <clears throat> Pride leaves no room for reverence. We got we to gotta make a choice. Are we going to be reverent or are we going to be prideful? Are we going to choose our own way and our own desires? We have got to stop making God wait on us. Service starts at 9 o'clock and 11. Whichever one you choose, get here. Not for me. I don't need to see y'all that early. I'd rather see you, you know, when the sun about to set, the humidity going down. You know, it's a little cooler. So, but for the Lord, because he deserves that. I don't have a hell to take you out of and a heaven to put you in. 
but he does and he has, right? So it's time for us, the men of God, to get serious about worship. And I'm not talking about just the singing. I'm talking about the entire worship experience. Now, obviously, the singing part means a great deal to me because you know what we do. But for him, he wants the reverence anytime. If you're coming into a prayer meeting, be on time. Be reverent. Tell that dude, hey, man, we're going to chop up after, but I ain't come, really come here to see you. I came to see God. I came to give him something and to get something. Right? And what I need, you don't have. So we can chop it up after. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, the devil did not want me to preach this word. <laughs> Yesterday I woke up, started sneezing, coughing, made it through the day, got home, and sneezed incessantly till my sinuses were inflamed, my lungs are still inflamed, my throat feels so tired. But I was like, I didn't been through the ninth level of hell. Up to this point, we're not backing down. We should come eagerly anticipating when, when we gather for prayer, for worship, for a Bible study. The posture of our heart is, is a great litmus test of what it is we're coming for. Look, fellowship isn't bad. God ordained that. He built like relationship. He, he esteems his kingdom through it. But we got to prioritize things, right? Fellowship is not at the top of that list. Meeting with your king is, right? So here's something he gave me. Woke me up at about 1.30 in the morning. And I tried so hard to go back to sleep because I just was like, mm -mm, man, we didn't talk about this. I need to see you and talk with you when the sun up. But, you know, God don't really be listening like that. So I got up out of bed sat in my recliner, and, I, and I'm thinking he wants me to pray for somebody. So I'm going to just wait till he speaks. And, and he spoke, and he said this to me. You can't have revival without repentance. And you can't have repentance without reverence. We do not see revival because we're not repenting. And we are not repenting because we have lost the holy fear of God. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Let's keep it 100, y'all. We've heard these kind of messages many of times before. And we walked out of the house of God and kept doing what we were doing. That's why we're still here. The church has the form, but it doesn't have the power. Right? Because we lost the holy fear. Of God. We're not reverent. The beauty, the good news is that our lungs are still inflating. We're still on this earth. So there's a chance to realign, to redeem, and to be restored. But as men, we can't play with this stuff. Women and children are dependent on it. Even if you ain't married, you are still a leader in the kingdom. You may not have a family to lead, but you have people to lead. And we cannot, we can't afford anymore. I mean, look at the climate of, of our current culture, right? It's a hot refried mess. We're not going to deep dive into that. But it's, it's like that. It just stank. I can't help but think that that's largely in part to us, just kind of having an apathy approach to these matters. It's like, dude, you're talking about singing. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I didn't write it. You ain't got to be mad with me about nothing. This is what he said. He wants us to be reverent. He commands us to be reverent. Right? And from the reverence, it opens the door to humility. Humility leads us to repentance. Repentance brings revival. All these great revivals we keep reading about and hearing about, those people had to repent. They had to get into a posture of, oh my God, I, am, I, I confess, I have been, I have not been. They had to get real and honest. They had to stop worrying about doing it on the left, right, front, and behind. 
We are not on this earth for any other reason than to bring him glory, not to get glory, to give glory. My favorite worship leader says, we were never designed to be glory receivers. We were designed to give glory. It is not a matter of if, but when it will destroy you. I was like, Ooh. okay, girl, teach the children. And you look in modern culture of how that plays out. Let's just name a few, right? Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Prince, all big in their in the industry, loved by the whole, I couldn't imagine the whole world knowing my name. Could not imagine. And the pressure that comes with that, living at that top and not showing, not knowing who loves you for you, who you can really trust, right? But that, that type of glory brought every one of their destruction. Not one of those people are living today. And they all died young. The whole world knew their name, loved them. I mean, Whitney Houston was called The Voice. I mean, Sister Cassette, right? But she can't save you on an eternal scale. She'd make you feel good, you know, maybe forget about your problems, about you, you know, you and your old lady had a little fight. You know, she like, yeah. Or she may make you go crawling back to her. It's like, good, you know what I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> right? But it's not a matter of if, but when it destroys us. We have to take very good care to always give glory to God. We can't do that if we give the space in our heart to pride rather than reverence. Right? You can't have revival without repentance. You can't have repentance without reverence. How many of you would love to see revival? I ain't talking about that global revival. I ain't talking about the national revival. You know the revival we need? In our hearts. Because if you start burning and then I start burning and then we all catch fire, then it combusts. It's like, man, look what's going on in Lafayette. Yeah. Or look what happened at Family Life Church. What were y'all doing? What, like, what was the key? What was the secret? Y'all don't want to know that because it's going to hurt. Yeah. You can't repent and hold on to your pride. You got to bow low before God and just confess. He ain't looking to put his, his boot in your neck. He Arms wide open. Where you been? Come. Come on. I've been waiting on you. Dude, it's, I, you still breathing. Redemption is still yours. Start shaking when you stop breathing, though. Because a time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, I'm going to pause there for a second. You know, the American church loves to have these little mini fractures. Like the most important thing in the house on Sunday is the word. And of course you got my people and it's like, no, it's worship. Like, y'all got to be the most dysfunctional, malnourished Christians I know. It's not either or. It's both. It's both. That's like saying the most important thing to have in life is water. And the other people's like, no, it's bread. You got to eat and drink, fool. You can't just pick one. You need both. And it's a balance. You need the spirit where you experience God, right? And you need the word where we get to know about him. Uh, now, I ain't married yet, but some of you dudes that are married up in here, you could know all about your wife, right? All of the details, where she's from, who her mom and them and, and whatnot. But if you don't spend time with her, you don't know her. You know about her, but you don't know her. It's important to know about God. Get in the word. Well, you know, not in the iPad, but you get what I'm saying. Get in the word every day because it is, it's a suicide mission to, to try to walk this earth without getting in the word. And get in his presence. That's essential for Christian living. Fellas, it is imperative that we do these things. So moving along, trying to pay attention to this clock. Third point, third and final point is the fun one. Worship is a war weapon. Yeah. 
Yeah. So one of my favorite uh, scriptures is Second Chronicles 20. Come on, throw that up there, Douglas. Now it happened after this that the Moabites and the Ammonites, together with some of the Munites, I bet they all from New Iberia. Oh, I know y'all deep up in here too. I see several of y'all. <laughs> Came to make war against King Jehoshaphat. Then it was reported to Jehoshaphat, a great multitude has come against you from beyond the Dead Sea out of Syria. And behold, they are in Hazazen Tamar. Next. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set himself determinedly as his vital need to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So that the people of Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord, longing for him with all their heart. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of your fathers, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdom of the nations? Power and might are in your hand and there is no one able to take a stand against you. And uh, O God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? They have lived in it and you have and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if evil comes on us or the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand before this house and before you for your name and your presence is in this house. I love that. I mean, those people worship for his presence to be in the house and we will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear and save us. Now, behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and, Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from the land of Egypt, for they turned away from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out of your, out of your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless against this great multitude, which is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So all of Judah stood before the Lord with their infants, their wives and their children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jay, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, a Levite, the son of Asaph. He said, listen carefully, all you people of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, the Lord says this to you, be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's go down against them tomorrow. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the river valley in front of the wilderness of Jeru. Almost said Jeru. You need not fight in this battle. Take your position, stand, and witness the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him. The Levites from the sons of the Kohites and the sons of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. So they got up early the next morning and went out in the wilderness. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Israel, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in trust in the Lord your God and you will be established secure. Believe in trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in their holy priestly attire as they went out before the army and said, praise and give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Now watch this here. This is where it gets fun. When they began singing and praising, the Lord said ambushes against the sons of Am and Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah. So they were struck down in defeat. For the sons of Ammon, Moab, suspecting betrayal, rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, completely destroying them. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. <laughs> Dudes were bad, boy. And they ain't have to bust a sweat. So here's what I took away from that. Worship is a weapon of war. How are you battling your wars? I tell you how most of us battle it. Look, I'm tell you a little bit quickly about me. Born and raised in North Lafayette, I'm the youngest of six. It's the hood, right? Anybody press up on you, you swing. 
right? I got two brothers. Them dudes are some, some warriors. They played no games. So that, that's the bloodline. That's the mentality. And if you read before this point, so were the children of Israel. They, they, they fought some wars. It, it was rough. I remember reading the book of Joshua, and I was like, but I need to make this into a movie. Like, this is like, this is the best reality TV I ever read. But sometimes the battle doesn't need to be physical. There is a time for war. There's a time for worship. And there's a time for worship to be the weapon of war. Right? So think back to these three, these three armies pressing up. It reminds me of a song that we sing all the time. It may look like I'm surrounded. Because I would have been like, three of y'all, huh? Hold on. bring it. But they didn't do none of that because that, that would have been all flesh. They got in prayer. The king, he, he was scared. He kept it 100, right? He was scared. And they got in prayer. He called a fast. The Lord, they woke up. The Lord spoke, gave them instructions, told them this is how they're coming at you. Put the guy, put the, war, the worshipers on the front line. I'd have been looking for the the AR-15 or something. It's like, go, we're going with a gun. It's like, you don't need it. I'm going before you. I'm, I'm going to help you win this war. The victory is in your praise. The victory is in your praise. A lot of times we come to church and we surrender to the, to the feeling or the spirit of lethargy and apathy and defeat and worry and trepidation. And we don't trust. So we don't ever get the victory. It's like, man, I don't know why I'm still stuck in this. Because you ain't opening your mouth. You got to open your mouth. Because the victory that you've been pacing the floor at night, asking God for, it's like, okay. Go back to the first point. Worship is obedience. Do what I said and you'll have victory. Be reverent and you'll have victory. And then when you open your mouth and you use your worship as a weapon, you'll have victory. You won't have to lift a finger. I will set ambushes against them. And what he did, another translation says, he brought confusion among them and they started attacking each other. And the Israelites won. I like that kind of war. Right? Your worship sets a trap for the enemy. And it releases victory in your life. Aren't y'all tired of just coming to church, checking the box and wandering out? I'm up there. And some days, y'all, we go through that. Like he's using us. And some days it's like, man, this just felt like dry mud. But it ain't a feeling. It's an experience. And it's predicated on us on our obedience, on our reverence, on our surrender. Worship is, is on you. God, God comes. He's a man of his word. I inhabit the praises of my people. Are you going to praise? Are you going to sing? Are you going to pray? Are you going to declare? Are you going to surrender? Are you going to repent? That is the word we don't hear that often in church anymore. Because, you know, I figured I could say what I want because I'm probably not going to ever preach again. <laughs> so we don't hear that enough in the house of God, not just spe specifically family life, just in American churches. That, that message no longer exists as much as it should. Calling the saints to repentance, that releases and opens the doors of heaven because it, he, he loves us. So he wants to correct us and put us on the right path, right? But we got to hear it. Sometimes we need reminders. Hey, man, you over there. I get it. You dealing, you struggling, you falling with. I get it. But repent and come back. Don't stay down in the pit. We've got to have each other's backs, right? The men have got to have each other's backs. We have to be warriors of worship. It's not just singing songs. It's like, oh, I like the way that song made me feel. You ain't listening to Luther. You singing to Jesus. You singing to Jesus. 
So it's not about how you feel. Man, I can't, I can't, you know, I love to watch Brady Tardiff worship. That dude, from where I'm standing on stage, he stands over there and he gets after it. Like, it's like he, nobody else is in that room but him. And he's, he's, he's focused on that screen, his eyes closed, he starts. I look over him like, I like people like that. It, it encourages us, all right? I love to watch people worship. And I, I don't have to know everything that you're going through. Because again, I can't do nothing for you but pray. But he can. He's the deliverer. He's the, he's the strong tower. He's the lifter of your head. But we got it. We got Worship is not a spectator thing. It's an active participate, participation. All right? So to wrap this up, fellas. <coughs> I figured we're going to do that very thing. Worship. Right? Every man. It ain't about how well you sing. I'm not fitting to sound all that great today. I can assure you that. But it's about the heart posture. You're still in church. It may not be in that big auditorium, but you're still in church. And there's more than two of us here. And we all believe the word of God. Amen. And so we're all going to hold fast to that and trust that God's going to still be a man of his word in this meeting tonight. So why don't you all stand on your feet? I asked Doug to put this song specifically up here because of the lyrics. It, it encompasses all the points, surrender and worship, right? I'll stand with arms high and hearts abandoned. That's letting go of you. That's no longer taking into account, like, hey, my personality is not my whatever. That heart posture. God, I want you. I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe, reverence of the one who gave it all. I'll stand, my soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All I am is yours. I want us to sing that tonight. Can we do that? Now, I'm going to get kind of hyped to listen to all these voices again. I'll stand with arms high. Stand with arms high. Give him praise tonight.